peace to this meeting wherefore we are met. Unto our brother France and to our sister, health and fair time of day, joy and good wishes to our most fair and princely cousin, Catherine. And as a branch and member of this royalty by whom this great assembly is contrived, we do salute you, Duke of Burgundy, and princes, French, and peers, health to you all. Right joyous are we to behold your face, most worthy brother England, fairly met. So are you, princes, English, everyone. So happy be the issue, brother England, of this good day and of this gracious meeting, as we are now glad to behold your eyes, your eyes which here thereto have borne in them against the French that met them in their bent, the fatal balls of murdering basilisks, the venom of such looks we fairly hope have lost their quality, and that this day shall change all griefs and quarrels into love. To cry amen to that, thus we appear. You English princes all, I do salute you. My duty to you both on equal love. Great kings of France and England, that I have labored with all my wits, my pains, and strong endeavors to bring your most imperial majesties unto this bar and royal interview, your mightiness on both parts best can witness. Since then, my office hath so far prevailed that face to face and royal eye to eye you have congreeted. Let it not disgrace me if I demand before this royal view what rub or what impediment there is, why that the naked poor and mangled peace, dear nurse of arts, plenties, and joyful births, should not in this best garden of the world our fertile France put up her lovely visage. Alas, she hath from France too long been chased, and all her husbandry doth lie on heaps corrupting in its own fertility. Her vine, the merry cheerer of the heart, unpruned die. Her hedges, even pleached, like prisoners wildly overgrown with hair, put forth disordered twigs. Her fallow leaves, the darnel, hemlock, and rank fumatory, doth root upon, while that the culture rests that should deracinate such savagery. But even mead that erst brought sweetly forth, the freckled cowslip, burnet, and green clover, wanting the scythe with all uncorrected rank, conceives by idleness, and nothing teems but hateful docks, rough thistles, kexes, burrs, losing both beauty and utility. In all our vineyards, fallows, meads, and hedges, defective in their natures, grow to wildness. Even so, our houses and ourselves and children have lost or do not learn for want of time that science, the sciences that should become our country, but grow like savages as soldiers will, that nothing do but meditate on blood to swearing and stern looks diffused attire and everything that seems unnatural. Which, to reduce into our former favor, you are assembled, and my speech entreats that I may know the let, why gentle peace should not expel these inconveniences and bless us with her former qualities. If, Duke of Burgundy, you would the peace, whose want gives growth to the imperfections which you have cited, you must buy that peace, with full accord to all our just demands, whose tenors and particular effects you have enscheduled briefly in your hands. The king hath heard them, to the which, as yet, there is no answer made. Well, then the peace which you before so urged lies in his answer. I have but with a cursory eye or a glance the article. Pleaseth your grace to appoint some of your counsel presently to sit with us once more with better heed. To resurvey them, we will suddenly pass our accept and premonitory answer. Brother, we shall. Go. Uncle Exeter and Brother Clarence and you, Brother Gloucester, Harwick and Huntingdon, go with the king. And take with you free power, 
to ratify, augment, or alter as your wisdoms best shall see advantageable for our dignity, anything in or out of our demands, and will consign thereto. Will you, fair sister, go with the princes, or stay here with us? Our gracious brother, I'll go with them. Happily a woman's voice may do some good when articles too nicely urged be stood on. Yet leave our cousin Catherine here with us. She is our capital demand, comprised within the forerank of our articles. She hath good leave. Fair Catherine, and most fair, will you vouchsafe to teach a soldier terms, such as will enter at a lady's ear and plead his love suit to her gentle heart? Your majesty shall mock at me. I cannot speak your England. Uh, oh, fair Catherine, if you will love me soundly with your French heart, I will be glad to hear you confess it brokenly with your English tongue. Do you like me, Kate? Pardonnez-moi, I cannot tell what is like me. An angel is like you, Kate, and you are like an angel. Que dit-il que je suis semblable à les anges? Oui, vraiment, sur votre grâce, ainsi dit-il. I said so, dear Catherine, and I must not blush to affirm it. Oh, bon Dieu, le long des hommes sont pleins de tromperies. What says she, fair one, that the tongues of men are full of deceits? Oui, that the tongues of the man is be full of deceits. Uh, that is the princess. The princess is the better Englishwoman. Faith, Kate, my wooing is fit for thy understanding. I am glad thou canst speak no better English, for if thou couldst, thou wouldst find me such a plain king that thou wouldst think I had sold my farm to buy my crown. I know no ways to mince it in love, but directly to say I love you. Then if you urge me farther than to say do you in faith, I wear out my suit. Give me your answer, faith, do, and so clap hands. And a bargain, how say you, lady? So for me understand well. Mary, if you would put me to verses or to dance for your sake, Kate, why you undid me. For the one I have neither words nor measure, and for the other I have no strength in measure, yet a reasonable measure in strength. If I could win a lady at leapfrog or by vaulting into my saddle with my armor on my back, under the correction of bragging, be it spoken, I should quickly leap into a wife. Or if I might buffet for my love, or bound my horse for her favors, I could lay on like a butcher, and sit like a jack and apes never off. But before God, Kate, I cannot look greenly, nor gasp out my eloquence, nor I have no cunning in protestation, only downright oaths, which I never use till urged, nor never break for urging. If thou canst love a fellow of this temper, Kate, whose face is not worth sunburning, that never looks in his glass for love of anything he sees there, let thine eye be thy cook. I speak to thee, plain soldier. If thou canst love me for this, take me. If not, to say to thee that I shall die is true, but for thy love, by the Lord, no. Yet I love thee, too. And while thou livest, dear Kate, take a fellow of plain and uncoined constancy, 
for he perforce must do thee right, because he hath not the gift to woo in other places. For these fellows of infinite tongue that can rhyme themselves into ladies' favors, they do always reason themselves out again. What? A speaker is but a prater, a rhyme is but a ballad, a good leg will fall, a straight back will stoop, a black beard will turn white, a curled pate will grow bald, a fair face will wither, a full eye will wax hollow. But a good heart, Kate, is the sun and the moon, or rather the sun and not the moon, for it shines bright and never changes, but keeps his course truly. If thou wouldst have such a one, take me, and take me, take a soldier, take a soldier, take a king. And what sayest thou then to my love? Speak, my fair, and fairly, I pray thee. Is it possible that I should love the enemy of France? No, it is not possible you should love the enemy of France, Kate. But in loving me, you should love the friend of France. For I love France so well that I will not part with a village of it. I will have it all mine. And Kate, when France is mine, and I am yours, then yours is France, and you are mine. I cannot tell what is that. No, Kate. I will tell thee in French, which I am sure will hang upon my tongue like a new-married wife about her husband's neck, hardly to be shook off. Je compte sur la possession de France, et quand vous avez la possession de moi... Let me see, what then? Saint Denis be my speed. Donc votre est France et vous êtes mien. <laughs> It is as easy for me, Kate, to conquer the kingdom as to speak so much more French. I shall never move thee in French unless it be to laugh at me. Sur votre honneur, le français que vous parlez, il est meilleur que l'anglais le que je parle. No, faith is not, Kate. But thy speaking of my tongue and I thine, most truly falsely, must needs be granted to be much at one. But, Kate... Dost thou understand thus much English? Canst thou love me? I cannot tell. Can any of your neighbors tell, Kate? I'll ask them. Come, I know thou lovest me, and at night when you come into your closet, you'll question this gentlewoman about me. And I know, Kate, you will to her dispraise those parts of me that you love with your heart. But good Kate, mock me mercifully, the rather gentle princess, because I love thee cruelly. If ever thou beest mine, Kate, as I have a saving faith within me, tells me thou shalt, I get thee with scambling, and thou must needs therefore prove a good soldier breeder. Shall not thou and I, between St. Denis and St. George, compound a boy, half French, half English, that shall go to Constantinople and take the Turk by the beard, shall we not? What sayest thou, my fair flower de luce? I do not know that. No. "'Tis hereafter to know, but now to promise. "'Do but now promise, Kate, "'you will endeavor for your French part of such a boy, "'and for my English moiety take the word of a king and a bachelor. "'How answer you, le plus belle Catherine du monde, "'mon très cher divine d'ici?' "'Your majesty have false French enough "'to deceive the most sage demoiselle that is in France.' Now fie upon my false French. By mine honor in true English, I love thee, Kate. By which honor I dare not swear thou lovest me, yet my blood begins to flatter me that thou dost, notwithstanding the poor and untempering effect of my 
visage. Now, beshrew my father's ambition. He was thinking of civil wars when he got me. Therefore was I created with a stubborn outside, with an aspect of iron, that when I come to woo ladies, I fright them. But in faith, Kate, the elder I wax, the better I shall appear. My comfort is that old age, that ill layer up of beauty, can do no more spoil upon my face. Thou hast me, if thou hast me, at the worst, and thou shalt wear me, if thou wear me, better and better. Therefore tell me, most fair Catherine, will you have me? Put off your maiden blushes. Avouch the thoughts of your heart with the looks of an empress. Take me by the hand and say, Harry of England, I am thine. Which word thou shalt no sooner bless mine ear withal, but I will tell thee aloud, England is thine, Ireland is thine, France is thine, and Henry Plantagenet is thine, who though I speak it before his face, if he be not fellow with the best king, thou shalt find the best king of good fellows. Come, your answer in broken music, for thy voice is music and thy English broken. Therefore, queen of all, Catherine, Break thy mind to me in broken English. Wilt thou have me? That is as it shall please the Roman père. Nay, it will please him well, Kate. It shall please him, Kate. Then it shall also content me. Upon that I kiss your hand and I call you my queen. Laissez, Monseigneur. Laissez, laissez. Ma foi. Je ne veux point que vous abaissez votre grandeur en baissant le main de votre seigneurie indigne serviteur. Excusez-moi, je vous supplie, mon très puissant seigneur. And I will kiss your lips, Kate. Les dames et demoiselles pour être baissées devant leur nonce, il n'est pas la coutume de France. Madame, my interpreter, what says she? That is not be the fashion pour les ladies of France. I cannot tell what is busy on English. To kiss. Your Majesty, entend better que moi. It is not the fashion for the maids in France to kiss before they are married, would she say? Oui, vraiment. Oh, Kate, nice customs curtsy to great kings. Dear Kate, you and I cannot be confined within the weak list of a country's fashion. We are the makers of manners, Kate. And the liberty that follows our places stops the mouth of all fine faults, as I will do yours for upholding the nice fashion of your country and denying me a kiss. Therefore, patiently and yielding, you have witchcraft in your lips, Kate. There's more eloquence in a sugar touch of them than in the tongues of the French council, and they would sooner persuade Harry of England than a general petition of monarchs. Here comes your father. God save your majesty. My royal cousin, teach you our princess English? I would have her learn, my fair cousin, how perfectly I love her, and that is good English. Is she not apt? Our tongue is rough. Cause, and my condition is not smooth, so that having neither the voice nor the heart of flattery about me, I cannot so conjure up the spirit of love in her that he will appear in his true likeness. Pardon the frankness of my mirth if I answer you for that. 
If you would conjure in her, you must make a circle. If you conjure up love in her and his true likeness, he must appear naked and blind. Can you blame her then, being a maid, yet rosed over with a virgin crimson of modesty, if she deny the appearance of a naked blind boy in her naked seeing self? It were, my lord, a hard condition for a maid to consign to. Yet they do wink and yield, as love is blind and enforces. They are then excused, my lord, when they see not what they do. Then, good my lord, teach your cousin to consent winking. I will wink on her to consent, my lord, if you will teach her to know my meaning. For maids well summered and warm kept are like flies at Bartholomew tide, blind though they have their eyes, and then they will endure handling, which before would not abide looking on. Me over to time and the hot summer, and so I shall catch the fly, your cousin, in the latter end, and she must be blind too. As love is, my lord, before it loves. It is so. And you may, some of you, thank love for my blindness, who cannot see many a fair French city for one fair French maid that stands in my way. Yes, my lord, you see them perspectively. The city's turned into a maid, for they are all girdled with maiden walls that no war hath entered. Shall Kate be my wife? So please you. I am content. So the maiden cities you talk of may wait on her. So the maid that stood in the way for my wish shall show me the way to my will. We have consented to all terms of reason. Is it so, my lords of England? The king hath granted every article, his daughter first, and in sequel all according to their firm proposed natures. Only he hath not yet subscribed this where your majesty demands that the king of France, having any occasion to write for matter of grant, shall name your highness in this form and with this addition in French, notre très cher fils Henri, roi d'Angleterre héritier de France. And thus in Latin, precarismus filius noster Enriques, rex Angliae eris Franciae. Nor this I have not, brother, so denied, but your request shall make me let it pass. I pray you then, in love and dear alliance, let that one article rank with the rest, and thereupon give me your daughter. Take her, fair son, and from her blood raise up issue to me that the contending kingdoms of France and England, whose very shores look pale with envy of each other's happiness, may cease their hatred, and this dear conjunction plant neighborhood and Christian-like accord in their sweet bosoms that never war advance his bleeding sword twist England and fair France. Amen. Amen. Now, welcome, Kate, and bear me witness all that here I kissed her as my sovereign queen. God, the best maker of all marriages, combine your hearts in one, your realms in one as man and wife being two are one in love. So be there twixt your kingdom such a spousal that never may ill office or fell jealousy, which troubles oft the bed of blessed marriage, thrust in between the paction of these kingdoms to make divorce over their incorporate league, that English may as French, French Englishmen receive each other. God speak this, amen. 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 Prepare we for our marriage on which day, my Lord of Burgundy, We'll take your oath. <laughs>
and all the peers for surety of our leagues. Then shall I swear to Kate and you to me, and may our oaths well kept and prosperous be.